You can eat it on a cracker, a pizza, a sandwich, as part of a meal, or even bake a cake. That's right, I'm talking about cheese. Previously vilified as one of the fattiest substances you can put into your mouth, cheese is now revered for its fantastic properties. Not all fats are bad for you, and the amazing array of tastes makes it an essential accompaniment for most meals. At Culture Club Cheese, a Bree Street hotspot opened by cheesemaker Luke Williams, you can experience all the cheese you'll want and not have to worry about who moved them. Luke is a British cheesemaker who sources unusual cheeses and makes some of his own from various parts of South Africa and abroad. He's interested in everything from the only seven-year-old cheese in the country made outside Pretoria to some unusual varietals from different parts of the Western Cape. His shop also produces its own labni, fermented kimchi, different types of teas, and has a vast breakfast and lunch menu for those who like their cheese with a little something else. I caught up with Luke on First Thursdays, the event that takes place on the first Thursday of every month, where art galleries, shops and restaurants offer city dwellers a little something different, and he explained to me how he started his cheese shop, where he learned his skills, and some of the rules of how to eat cheese. I started off making salamis and cured meats, and then uh, I actually wanted to perfect my curing of meats, but then my dad bought me a cheese-making kit. And I thought, oh, I don't want to do that. I want to start, I want to perfect my salamis. And actually, I got a bit too excited about the prospect of making cheese with this cheese-making kit looking at me with all the different cultures and yeasts and bacteria. So I started, um, I thought, yeah, okay, well, let's, let's do it. Sitting there looking at me, I'm going to make some cheese. So that's sort of, that was my first foray into cheese-making maybe 10 years ago. Um, and then, since then, yeah, I've, cheese has been my thing. That's how I sort of got into it anyway. And you haven't been in South Africa the whole time. Um, no. So where have you learned your cheese skills? Uh, we, well, my wife and I were in the UK. I, I learned my cheese skills. At a, I, I was making cheese at home, and then I took a job at a place called La Fromagerie in London, which in Marlebone, in central London, and started making. I started selling their cheese. Um, and worked in their cheese room, which has like 250 cheeses from around the world, mainly Europe. And um, yeah, got all my knowledge from there, really. And then when I was there, I started doing a blog for the shop of cheesemakers, and then I, and I visited lots of cheesemakers, and that got me into cheesemaking, and I started making cheese with these different cheesemakers. And then I wanted to study cheesemaking and the microbiology of cheesemaking, which I did in the north of England. And then I got into cheese making completely. I really, that was my thing for quite a long time, making cheese. So I made cheese in the east of England, the west of England, the north of England, and sold cheese in London. And, um, yeah. And what, what's the hardest part of making cheese? Uh, waiting for it to taste yummy. <laughs> uh, I don't know what the hardest part, the hardest part of che making cheese, I guess if you're setting out and starting to, wanting to be a cheese maker, it's not making. It's not. It's not that difficult to make a lovely cheese. It's quite difficult to replicate it and do it again. So you can fluke a good cheese, but to make sure you've done it again and done it exactly the same is it's quite tricky. You've got to. You've got to be really diligent with the measurements of what you're putting in and uh, the temperatures, the humidities for maturation. Um, so making something consistently is quite tricky, I suppose. That's probably one of the most difficult things of cheese making. Um, yeah. 
Is consistency what you're aiming for, or do you want people to say, oh, this time it's going to taste a little different, and that's the way it is? Uh, there's two schools of thought. I mean, you, you, you definitely want to be consistent. It doesn't matter who you are or what you're doing. You want to be consistent when you're making cheese. But you also, uh, uh, if you're selling good quality cheese, um, you also need to educate the customer that throughout the year there's different the cows or the goats or whatever animal it is that the milk's going to have a different protein to fat ratio so you're going to have you're going to have different um, chemical balances in the cheese so or microbiological balances in the cheese so it's going to be there are going to be differences um, and different cheesemakers do different things so you do want consistency you don't want a customer coming back and say that's not very good but Understandably, um, you, you, uh, things do happen, and you don't want it to be bland. You don't want it to be so different, difficult, uh, or so um, I don't know, so mechanized that it's it's just one bland piece of cheese that always tastes the same. I mean, some cheeses really will improve with age. They'll change through the maturation process like a bloomy rinded cheese like a camembert or a brie that's going to be really gooey and strong so I can say don't get that now it's young right like earlier today we had a very strong wine and blue and I was recommending it now we've sold out now we've got a young one I'm not not going to recommend it so the age of the cheese makes a difference as well you don't want it to yeah consistency is definitely something you aim for as a cheese maker it doesn't matter who you are you want it to be as consistent as possible but also need to educate people to, so that they know that it will be different. From my point of view, I'm selling cheese, so I can tell people what's good, so it's, it's not a problem. Do you make any of the cheese that's for sale here? Uh, yes, we do. We make Labne, fresh cheese. Um, actually, I don't have any in the fridge at the moment because it's on the menu. Um, and then we make a lot of fermented products. So all of our fermented products, we make the, the milk kefir, buffalo milk kefir, yogurt, kombucha, kimchi, sauerkraut, krautbucha, seaweed kimchi, lacto-fermented pickles, all of the fermented produce we make ourselves. And we will, we're looking to make more cheese, but it's space and time, but we will do it in time, yeah. And what, if you said what would be the most unusual cheese that you source, which is a South African cheese, yeah. um, what, what's your favourites that you found in our country? Uh, a number of them. Probably one of the most interesting is the seven-year-old Ganetza. I mean, it's very rare to find a seven-year-old cheese anywhere in the world. Um, and we've got one right here in South Africa, and made it in Cullen and East of Pretoria and beautifully matured as well. It's still chewy in its texture, um, sweet, nutty, butterscotch. It's like a, it's like a triple-aged parmesan, um, but chewier and denser and stronger. So that, that's very special. Pungent cheeses from near Lesotho, washed rind, uh, a cheese called the Chevretan, a goat's cheese, very, very smelly, very interesting, very wild flavors, completely unpasteurized. Um, made in Fixburg. That's really good. And there's plenty of good cheeses. Is South Africa a good cheese destination? I mean... Not, uh, it's not known for its cheese, that's yeah. for sure. I mean, ten years ago, the States would, was laughed at, really, in the cheese-making world. It was kind of the butt of the cheese-making world's jokes, really. You go to America for plastic cheese. Now they're the front-runners as far as artisans' cheese is concerned. I mean, France, is, France I'd still would say, was the the best place in the world to go and get cheese but the states for what they're doing and the, the interesting cheeses that they're making is amazing so South Africa is still really young as far as 
artisan cheese is concerned. Um, so you, you wouldn't pick it, but what, that's why we're doing what we're doing. We're trying to change things and tra- change people's preconceptions and show people that there are a hell of a lot of good cheeses in South Africa. Um, they just need to be pulled together and spoken about, shouted about a little bit more. What would you say to the health freaks, the ones who are like, oh, cheese is too fatty, I'm not going near it? Uh, it's pretty common knowledge now that fat's good for you. Um, it's, it depends on what fats you're having. If you're having trans fats, then it's not good. Uh, now they know that unsaturated and unsaturated fats, certain saturated fats are actually very good for you. As long as you're not having the carbs with it, then you're okay. So um, there are different schools of thought as to what's good for you, and people are going to say this and that and the other. Fats are, are much better for you than if you're having skimmed milk. It's fattier for you to have, you'll become fatter if you have skim milk than having full fat milk. So it's all about having rich, good quality fats, really. And buffalo milk, for example, has 8% fat. You know, it's over double the amount of fat than a cow's milk. But the fats are much smaller and easier to um, break down in your body and to digest. And sheep's milk, the same. There's lots of very good milk. So it's good. I mean, you've opened up in a time when, I guess, banting has taken off and people are more Great, interested yeah, in trying different yeah. things. How would you say it's gone? Great. We've got a lot. Of, we've got, we sell three different types of banting crackers. You get, you, you get people that, if you say the word banting, they want to be sick in your, in your lap. And you get other people that say, you say you've got banting crackers and they're absolutely desperate to buy all of your crackers and have them with cheese. So the people... You know, it depends on who you are, but it's it's huge. Banting is huge, and people know that cheese is good for you. Um, and part of banting diet, so yeah, it's, it's certainly been really helpful. Actually, it's, I've got to say that it, you know, it's nice that we don't have to answer to to anyone's dietary requirements. We've got people come here specifically for that. We've got a lot of fermented products, and a lot of full fat products. Um, and a lot of banting friendly products on our menu as well we've got a banting cheesecake which is made with buffalo milk it's got no wheat and no sugar no gluten um, banting breakfasts um, yeah we've got quite a few banting things on our, on our menu what's your favourite thing to eat with cheese? crackers <laughs> Why? Well, it depends how hungry I am. A nice bit of bread, a nice bit of baguette or sourdough, toasted sourdough is very nice. Totally depends what you're having. If you're having a, um, I, I like cheese on its own. I like to taste the cheese, but I'm not, I'm not. I've got no problem with eating cheese with other things, like a plowman's in the UK, or have it with beautiful pickles, a Branston pickle, and different cold meats and all sorts of different things, but I like something that sort of lets you taste the cheese. Cheese is quite a strong flavour, generally. And it's quite fatty, and it's quite a mouthful. Um, if you're melting cheese, then you might have raclette. And raclette goes very very well with potato. Um, and pickles and cured meat. Um, yeah, it totally depends on what you're doing. 